Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Optimized Self Podcast. Hope everyone is having a great day. Before I introduce my next guest, I just wanted to let everyone know that the Optimized Man program is available and it is up and running. If you want some more info, guys, go and check out my website. It is optimizedself.com.au. Also, take a look at my Instagram handle, which is at Optimized Man. Now, any men out there who are wanting to build confidence, who have low self-esteem, maybe you've got body image issues, you're super self-conscious about parts of your body and you want to no longer be a victim of the negative thought patterns that tell you that you're not good enough, that you're unattractive, or you don't feel desirable from your partner anymore, then please reach out to me. I dealt with bad body image issues throughout my teens and my 20s, and I always thought if I could change my physical body, everything would be better and everything would be different. However, it wasn't until I started to tell myself a different inner story, inner dialogue, and I had to start telling myself that I was good enough and I was attractive and I was worth it. But that takes time, that takes repetition, and that takes support. And that is why I designed the program, because I want to support men to become stronger, not just mentally, but physically. I want men to be more responsible and have the tools capable of leading, sharing, and helping other men and helping everyone. We need more strong men. We need more responsible men. We need more men to step up to the plate and share their story and the optimized man um, program is there to support you guys so feel free to reach out ask me some questions let's have a chat and let's see what we can do now guys my next guest is an optimized man he has gone through the program and funny enough my next guest reached out to me and we actually went to high school together and i never knew that he was dealing with similarities or worse scenarios that I was dealing with in my own head during high school. His name is Matt, and I went to school with Matt in the far north uh, northern rivers of New South Wales. And Matt was an extremely talented athlete in high school. He was at the top of his game in soccer. He played for the Queensland Raw youth side. He was in the New South Wales Institute of Sport, and he played semi-pro at a number of clubs. He was also um, at the national level for athletics and cross country and he won the Young Australian Sportsman of the Year for the Far North Coast region. Now Matt has dealt with things in his life that have sidetracked his, say, sporting career and a lot of that came through injuries and he had to re-establish himself when he no longer was associated with being that athlete due to going through severe injuries. Now, I'm not going to give away too much, so I'd love for you guys just to listen to the podcast. If you want to see more of Matt's story and see what he's up to, he's actually an avid artist and he's got a really good Instagram handle, which is art underscore by underscore Pig Asso, art underscore by underscore Pig Asso. I'll leave it in the show notes and also when I share my podcast on my social media handles. So guys, enjoy the podcast. If you're enjoying it so far, 
If you've heard some of my episodes, please leave a review and a rating on Spotify. Shoot me some questions. Ask me some questions. I want to hear what you think about the podcast. Enjoy this episode. Have a great day. Peace. I'll talk a little bit about my own story just with like goal setting and um, trying to set like healthy habits. Um, For me personally, like one thing that's been really, really helpful is just trying to get into the repetitiveness of it. For me, like when I was dealing with a lot of my, um, you know, say like body image issues, I, I was really good at exercising. Like exercising always came pretty easy for me, right? Like in terms of um, getting up and training and I was a personal trainer, so that became quite easy for me. But the the mental side of, of me, I, I guess my inner dialogue was always um, – was always telling me that you know I wasn't I wasn't good enough. I needed to lose weight. I had my I had man boobs, or you know the, the chick I was picking up would just think I was, you know she she would think it was funny the way my body looked. So for me it took it, for me it took like um like the the mental dialogue stuff came that was the last kind of fit to my puzzle of trying to figure out how to deal with all that stuff and and getting up every day and like saying my affirmations or writing down like you know writing down affirmations like I'm strong I'm this I'm that like that really that really personally helped me um so that's why I try and implement it right into the program even if it's something that might not work well for you it could be something else that you're doing a little bit different that is like the journaling or you know the stretching so I mean what have you what have you noticed that's helped you with any repetitive kind of habits over your your history with dealing with say some mental illness or just trying to get motivated yeah um i think the thing i've noticed that i get traction with is um setting achievable goals i think i can get carried away with trying to like set a gold star benchmark goal um to, i think that's going to motivate me to be a better person but in in reality what it does is it I get overwhelmed with it and feel like it's too much and um, and I'm, I make it too big of a step. So I found the thing that really gives me traction is um, starting super small, really simple goals, yeah. building them to becoming a habit and then stepping up goals from there. So the example that we've been talking about lately is like the running stuff, for example, like rather than setting a goal of, um, I don't know, getting my – uh, per kilometre time down to a certain goal. I'm just setting a goal of running every morning. Yeah. And I originally started that off as running three times a week. Now I'm doing it every morning. Um, now I'm just pushing the distance a little further. And then as I progress, I'll start to target the, the time. Whereas I think what I've learned is if, if I had been doing this a year ago, I would have targeted the time. Mm. And that's, that's a pretty easy one to fail on. Mm. And then my mental illness about being depression and feeling shit about myself and self-doubt, I was probably setting myself up for failure because I would have tackled a pretty hard one, mm. probably missed it and then felt shit about it mm. as opposed to just hitting some smaller ones where I can gain momentum and build up for a bigger goal later. Yeah. 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 No, I resonate with that too. I've, um, I've noticed that this last year because I've hit some big benchmarks and then I continued to think that I had to like, write down bigger and bigger goals every say three months or whatever I set them. Yeah. And I wasn't reaching them. And I was just like, Oh man, I'm not getting the 13% body fat. Like I got down to 16. Why can't I do it? And I wasn't hitting it. And the last like couple of months I've just been like, 
just just continue to train every day. Stop worrying about the body fat percentage because it's easy to get really fixated on like a number, um, mm. and just enjoy enjoy the training for what it is. And um, now I've like you, I've I've learned to kind of set my um, my goals to be a little bit more realistic, and 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 in my business too, in terms of like how many new clients I want to try and pick up or how many followers I I want to try and get get on Instagram. You know, not that I feel like that's it's not like my number one priority, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to take it as it comes. Cause if you, I think it's pretty powerful. Like you're already doing the work, right? Like if you, like you said, if you just get up and run, like you're already doing the work to like be a better version or trying to improve. So yeah. you're, you're already in the process of it. I think that's easy to be forgotten. You can easily forget. Yeah. forget. Um, it definitely is. Yeah. 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 But um, I think like, for me personally, too, <clears throat> when I was when I was living in Byron Bay, and one another thing that kind of really helped me, and this might you maybe you resonate with this a little bit, and I think some other people might, is having obviously someone else to talk to and having the support around you if you are battling in terms of like you know um, having some real negative in a dialogue, or if you're going through a, a bad bout of depression. Like when I when I actually like had a girlfriend for like a year. And she was a personal trainer too. And, you know, seeing her and I was, you know, in my getting towards my later twenties, seeing her like not give two shits about the way I looked in terms of like, you know, she really liked me for who I was and we had a really good time. And that kind of really, that really kind of t- turned something as well, because having someone else that I was really intimate with and close with, you know, giving me also that positive support um, really helped my inner voice kind of get dull, my, my negative inner voice as well. And um, mm. and living in Byron Bay, like, as you know, like I was a bit more forced to like have my skin out. You know, I just come back from Canada doing snowboard season. So I was used to just being rubbed up and then moving to Byron yeah. Bay and then like surfing a lot and getting into that kind of scene and then having a girlfriend, like that really kind of was a big, big shift for me, having that other person involved that really kind of helped me deal with that stuff um what about yourself like i'm you know have you had people in your life that have supported you through that or like your current partner you know yeah yeah that that resonates with me quite strongly in the sense um v my my girlfriend has been huge in that scenario uh in the sense of um the change for me was so much of what i did and what i put my efforts into were for other people Mm. um so I thought I was being the best version of myself by being there for everyone else, mm. which has some benefits. But what it meant was that while things were going smoothly, that was cool. But as soon as something dipped, I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to be able to handle the ups and downs myself. So yeah. like a big, a big moment was when, um, when I lost my auntie to suicide. I went into like protection mode for the whole family and trying to be like the, the strong, consistent person. Yeah. got everyone through it and then I just completely buckled and so V was really great there because she was she made me realize it was okay to prioritize myself like I don't yeah. have to prioritize everyone else and set goals for myself that I care about that might not necessarily benefit anyone else yeah and that was a big change change for me it's still something that takes a bit of an adjustment but having someone that's like yeah it's okay if you need um an hour to yourself tonight to go do whatever you need to do so mm. you can tackle tomorrow mm. and do that. Whereas beforehand, I'd be like, oh, I can't go do this because 
for myself because I'm worried about mum tonight. I've got to make sure I call mum and yeah. just putting everyone in front of yourself or make that change to if I want to be there for everyone else, I've got to look after myself first, right? Yeah. So for sure. Prioritize yeah. my stuff and then deal with everything else after. And then like if you become like, you know, if you work on yourself though, it kind of can really you end up helping other people though, right? Because yeah, yeah, it's a people, people are drawn to you to help you because I know you're you're generating more love and care for yourself. You know. Yeah, and and you're um you're giving yourself the best chance to be there for that other person, right? Like you're when you're active and you're um, mentally fit and physically fit, you're more present. Mm. When you're not doing all of those things, you're tired, you can't focus, you're switching off, you're not really listening, you're checking in and out of conversations and stuff. You're just you're doing the shit thing for yourself and the person you're talking to, right? Whereas when when you're working on yourself, everyone tends to benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'll get you to maybe tap into a little bit of your own story, Matt, like, because, you know, we went to high school together and you were, um, you know, you were like a really good athlete. You're a really good soccer player, football player. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, you had similar, um, like, you know, in terms of being like self-conscious of our inner dialogue or like, you know, having negative thought patterns about the way we looked or performed. Um, how, like, how was that How was that for you, like, through, say, if you want to kind of touch on, you know, your teens and then into your 20s, like, what was going on for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, it was like uh, I always had self-doubt, like um, I wasn't good enough or um, people didn't really like me for who I was uh, or anything like that. Um, it felt like I had a lot of friends because I was good at sports. Yeah. Um, which was an easy way to meet people, but also this might sound a bit cocky, but if I was on their team, they had a better chance of winning than if I was against them because I was so athletic. Mm. Um, so I just lent into that because I was like, oh, this is the value I bring people mm. is by being an athlete. And so yep. I just knuckled down, dedicated everything to that. Um, and so in some ways it was quite easy to get motivated about it because it was always like, if I work harder today, I'll be better in the game tomorrow. More people will like me because I score more goals or we win more matches or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I kind of fed into that. But it was a bit of a slippery slope as well because it was like, it was just who I became and that's what everyone expected from me. But I didn't particularly enjoy it. Mm. Um, and so like bubbling behind the scenes is like a sort of introverted creative type that just likes to draw and fluff about and... Um, just be there for people mm. and not like the pressure of having to win games and take the wins and losses on the shoulders and stuff like that. Mm. It was a, a challenging time. And then I think like when I really noticed it was when I had my first sort of serious injury. Cause I just through high school, I just kept going up like state repping multiple sports and um, athletics in, made the Institute of sport, got young sportsman of the year for the North coast area, like just kept, winning all these things and getting better and better and better. Um, signed for youth team for the Queensland Roar and then had a bad injury and had my first ankle reconstruction. And then it was like all of a sudden I'm not this, I'm not winning games for anyone anymore because I'm stuck in a moon boot on the sidelines. Yeah. You know, it was like complete identity check. It was like who am I if I'm not on the field doing this stuff? Like what do I like, – Yeah. 
you'd built up that identity since you were 14 or however young, right? And so, yeah, 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 yeah. So then I had the opposite thing like, um, going to watch games was painful, like, it felt like. I wasn't part of the team anymore and everyone else was moving on and achieving things without me. Yep. So I ended up just like pretty much walking away from the game for like a year and a half or so. Um, slipped into a pretty dark space, pretty isolating because all of my, all I realised all of my social things were based around sport. Like I'd go and see mates at training and then we'd go for dinner afterwards or go for drinks after and after a game. Or whatever. And so when I took all that out, I just isolated myself completely. So then I eventually tried to get back into it, but then had the dialogue of like expecting myself to be the athlete I was before the injury mm. without putting the work in, mm. feeding that self-doubt and stuff. Um, yeah, so it was a big, a big learning curve, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. It took a long time. Like I think I'm still fumbling through it, trying to work out who I really am and what motivates me and stuff. I think I'm getting closer there. Like yep. how to prioritise things like spending time with animals and drawing and getting into the arts and stuff, which are things that I value that I don't need. Um, I don't need other people to approve of. Yeah. That makes sense for satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's a powerful story for sure. Like, um, do you do you like do you, do you miss playing like football still like and and kicking the ball around or is it something that you like you know that you you've kind of transitioned into to getting that same feeling or getting the same satisfaction from like drawing and doing your artwork? Yeah, so like um, I, I miss the adrenaline side of it a little bit. Like um, if you're playing in a really intense game or something uh, and you score the winner or whatever and you see how excited the team is. That's that, that's a good feeling that you don't get from a lot of other things. I miss that. Yeah. But I don't miss it enough um, to enjoy all of the work involved to get there. So, yeah. like, really hard training, plenty of physio and stuff, especially with my injury history. So that's sort of taken the, the fun out of it. Um, the other aspect I miss is, like, the friendships you form from being in teams that go through the ups and downs, like, some of my closest friends are friends that I played with when I was like 15 or 16 and we're still best mates today. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I don't quite have those kind of bonds, but um, I've lost the competitive streak. Like now when I go and play, I don't really care if I win or lose. It's more just getting out, yep. having a bit of fun. Um, yep. But I do get the, I think I get the same, what I did get out of sport when I was younger was a release. So like if I was, if I was struggling mentally, I'd go out and run around for an hour and a half in a game. And for that hour and a half, my head wouldn't be bothering me. Yeah. Um, so I don't get that out of sport anymore, but I get that from drawing. Yeah. I'll spend time with dogs. It's kind of like that. Um, I'm in the moment. I'm focused and there's not many things that are bothering me. So I get that recharge and release from, from those other avenues now. Yeah. How important do you think that release is for like, I mean, not just say men or young men, um, just for people's mental health in general? Like, do you think it's something that is, is like needs to be a, a foundation? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's integral um, because you, you never know what life's going to throw at you, uh, right? So holding on to, you, you hold on to so much tension and, uh, and stress without really thinking about it. And you don't really realise what you're carrying until something breaks. Mm. Uh, and then you feel like you, 
like shit, where did all this come from? And it's mm-hmm. just built up all the time. And I feel like it's something as a society we don't do a great job of. Like it should be one of the first things we teach young kids is to how to switch off, recharge, separate feelings from things. Yeah. Um, and and kind of restart uh, each day, not carry yesterday's problems into tomorrow or try try not to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably exacerbated with men in that we just generally don't talk about it. We're kind of taught at, at a young age to not show vulnerability and stuff like that. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's hugely important because if you get that stuff right, um, you're just in a better headspace to tackle whatever life throws at you the next day, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think it's a good idea, like look, looking back on your story with, you know, just solely focused on like say one sport, do you think it's a good idea to have like maybe a multiple multiple kind of out outlets, for instance, like if it um if it's playing a sport or it is like you know if it's it it could be you know juggling or or jujitsu or running or soccer or like art like it's good to have a few of those fallbacks because you know I like when I did my ACL I think it was last year and I'm just like you know I'm you, the thoughts that go through your head you're like I'm not going back to jujitsu like my ACL's ruptured I've got to get surgery I'm done for like two years mm-hmm. um and I felt really vulnerable because jujitsu is like real physical as well and like I you identified in terms of like oh, I'm a man and I know self-defense. If I ever need to use my body, I can defend myself. And then that was taken away. Like, I'm, I just felt really vulnerable because my knee was just busted. But I was still able to, like, you know, lift weights and then exercise has always been my, like, form of, my, like, therapy. Um, so I, I had that as well, like, which was really good that I was still, man, I could still kind of get into it and then gradually rehab my knee. But do you think it's quite important to have a multiple things to kind of use, like like having a toolbox full of tools, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it is important for a number of reasons. Like um, uh, certain things that you enjoy, you, you won't necessarily always enjoy, um, and some of them can be hampered by weather and things like that. For example, soccer, if it rained, that was called off. Um, yep. So that outlet was immediately taken away um, if the weather wasn't wasn't good and it sort of means you set yourself up well, what I learned with the soccer stuff and it sounds like you learn a similar lesson with jiu-jitsu when you did your knee is that you're kind of creating a single point of failure as long as that thing's available to you mm. you've got a good coping mechanism but if something happens to that particular outlet and that's the only one you've got mm. you're left with nothing and you're back to the drawing board whereas when you've got a toolbox of different things you can pull on. So, for example, if I lean right into drawing and then I do something to my right hand and I can't draw, mm. what, do I, what do I do next? Mm. Whereas if I'm spending time with animals or uh, uh, some other kind of exercise that doesn't rely on that, there's always something I can turn to to keep a release and to keep moving forward and, and to help you process whatever that injury is that is stopping you from doing the other thing you like, like with mm. your ACL. Mm. You couldn't use your knee, but if there was something else you could do that keeps your mind ticking over, keeps you in a good head frame to do all the rehab work to strengthen your knee to eventually get back to jiu-jitsu at some point. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. What about like, what do you what are your thoughts on say like your younger self or like young athletes that are coming up and they're like really obsessed with the like NRL or AFL and they're just going hard on it? Like what would you kind of say to that younger self? Would you give them some advice with like just, you know, 
get qualified in being a PT or have some other backup just in case? Because, I mean, there's got to be yeah, a bunch of guys in your situation, right? Or living. Yeah, like the, the harsh reality of it is um, even if you're the best player in your age group by mile, there's no guarantee you're going to make it for any number of reasons. Um, injury is probably the main one. Um, and there's always someone when you're not working, putting in extra work to get better as well. So it's, it's pretty cutthroat, right? You've got to put a lot of effort in to do it. So the chances of being the one person that, that makes it a slim, and even if you make it, that can all be taken away with an injury at that level as well. Mm. So it's important to have a fallback option. Um, and I think it's not only important from an insurance policy, but it changes the way you think about things. Like um, example of that is like our, one of our friends from school, Micah. Incredibly intelligent. Spent all his time, a lot of his time, um, studying, building computers, doing mathematics and things like that. Yeah. And it, it changed the way he approached sports games as well. And you yeah. could see that in the way he was playing. He was a far more intelligent player than most of us, but mm-hmm. also physically gifted. Freak athlete as well. Yeah. Whereas I didn't have that, that intelligence. I was just the athlete. And I learned that later on. So it helps. I think it makes you a better athlete if you're trying to go down that path by diversifying it and having a different element, gives you a different school of thought, um, makes you appreciate things, but it also gives you a fallback option, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you hear those countless stories of, you know, people just like, you know, professional athletes and then that's all they do and like they their career ends at their, in their mid-20s and they don't have yeah. any other qualifications behind them, but... I mean, yeah, when you're that young, though, right, you're just, like, full steam ahead. You're like, no, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a pro. Um, mm. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's good advice for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, getting back onto that, like, release, um, talking about, like, having a release and having, like, tools to use. Like, for me, um, it was, like, I went through, you know, like, every sport that I've gotten into – you know, from like when I grew up, like where we did, like, you know, I played, I was really into like, you know, say BMX riding and then got into playing like a bit of AFL footy in the area with like, you know, you know, Freddie Sleece and guys that we know. Um, really loved that. That was one of my outlets. And then, you know, I got into lifting weights and became a PT and that became my outlet. And I think that was a really kind of like found a really, really good thing to have is to know that you've like, being that young I'm glad I had a physical outlet and I experienced a couple of different sports so like I, I never became like um really really good at one thing but I became a bit of a jack of all trade like I could do something and I enjoyed it for its physicality and then that turned into like you know snowboarding it was surfing and now it's like jujitsu so yeah like having those tools available that you can kind of like really release some energy because when I get back from like a jujitsu class it's the same feeling that I had when I would like do a really good powder run on the snowboard or get some really good waves on the surfboard or, you know, take a, a mark or a big tackle in football. You know, it was, it's all the same feeling. It's just a different, I'm just getting it from a different sport. Right. Yeah. And I think I'll always like, I always want to have that, that as something that I'll have in my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So like, what do you do now these days? Like what, what kind of tools do you use for yourself? If it's not your artwork, like do you enjoy, does, does running give you any similarity feelings or is like, is, is doing some really good artwork, like something that's a big kind of high for you? Yeah. So um, yeah, the kind of, 
the things that I look for out of the exercise stuff seem to be more of like a, um, and I think similar to the artwork, it's sort of like a, a long journey of sorts. So mm -hmm. why I like it is I'll start off with like a clouded mind and all these thoughts and kind of do this sort of repetitive task that continues to move in a direction. And if I do it long enough, when I'm finished, I've got a clear head. Yeah. And so I get that from running. It's cathartic in that sense. I start off stressed or feeling down. Yeah. By the time I finish the run, I've kind of moved out of it. Same with drawing, draw for an hour or two hours. By the time I've finished, I've forgotten the drawing. And I've also yeah. produced something at the end of it. So it feels like it's productive. I also go paddle boarding, similar uh -huh. scenario, pretty yeah. low intensity, but moving from point A to point B and yeah. focusing on something other than what's going on in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing with animals, walking dogs, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. All those kind of low impact things. I think I, if my body wasn't so busted up, I'd probably enjoy those intense moments that you're talking about in sport. But at yeah, the moment, yeah. I take two or three days to recover from the big, yeah. big kids. So I don't quite get the same. Yeah. Same out of it. Oh, it's getting harder now for me too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always thinking about my knee, you know. <laughs> but um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things like, yeah, you. I think like if, even if I was, I know it would be a horrendous thing to happen, but if I'd lost both my legs right, I think I would I would still eventually find something to be able to like kind of get that feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, it's, I think it's so important that that daily practice and like that's what I kind of, obviously, you know, you've gone through the Optimized Man program trying to get my clients to just to like, if it's repetitive, like morning journaling or morning, you know, meditation, like, you know, just if you want to make that shift, like that little repetitiveness will, will, will definitely help you in, in your shift. It might not be the most exciting. And it's not like it's doing, you know, jujitsu or playing soccer, but if you're trying to shift from one point to the other and have a little bit of clarity and, and build some healthy routines, like you've, you've got to approach it with that, just doing a little, little bit every day, right? Just like you get better at football or drawing, you've got to do a bit yeah. every day to, to improve. Yeah. Uh, what do yeah. you Yeah, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, I, I totally agree with that. I think like um, I learned the lesson again going through the Optimized Man program in the sense that when you're sitting on the other side of the fence and you're watching someone um, who has that level of discipline and that routine and continues to in, try and work towards improving. You think it's easy and you think they always enjoy it. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people used to say that about me with my sport. It was like, oh, you're just gifted. It was like, I had some level of natural ability, but I put a shitload of work into it as well. And when most people were sitting down playing Sega, I was running, doing push-ups, doing all that stuff. Mm. But people don't see that stuff. Um, and even watching you when I started the Optimized Man program, I'd see you doing your routine and I think, geez, it's easy for him. He's been doing it for so long, he enjoys it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's never easy, right? You just got to, yeah, knuckle down, create the groove, create the habit. Yeah. And then you get the benefits out of it. And then it might get easier in the sense to get out of bed and do the task because you've kind of trained yourself to do it. But it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you always enjoy it or it's it's easy yeah. you've got to put the work in right to get the benefits out of it yeah 100 percent. like i would love to sleep into like you know i get up at 4 30 every day to do you know my routine and get a bit of work in before work um i love what that gives to me but sometimes i just want to sleep in and i don't want to get up yeah. or 
I feel like, you know, you've, you've talked about this a bit is like writing my goals every day sometimes can feel a bit repetitive and a little bit meaningless. And some days I won't, I'll just write down my thoughts or my dreams, you know, like just for something different. But I know that daily reminder for me, is like where I want to go, if it's with my business or my training, like, you know, I, that repetitiveness and that reminder really kind of just keeps me, keeps me on board because I know I'll have some time off over Christmas or whenever you go on holiday and then it's harder to get back into it. But, you know, it's just that I think when you're driven and you do have a goal, like, you know, you've just got to, you've, sometimes you do have to look at it as just like, just, just get it done. And then, it, then it becomes easier. Like I've definitely got some clients. I think that, you know, they could, that self-discipline is really, really hard for them to capture and kind of like maintain it for like one or two weeks. Mm. They've got all the desire there, but it's just like, it's just not, um, they haven't got over the hill yet. It's just su such an uphill battle still. So, you know, and, and you can't really push anyone through the door. You just got to show them where it is and hopefully they, they, they open it themselves. Right. And it's just, it's constant work. And that's why I try and tell people is like, just keep trying, like keep trying keep failing forward and you'll eventually find a groove or something that works for you. You know, if you don't like lifting weights, Pilates is good. If you don't like Pilates, you can go to yoga. If you don't like yoga, you can try Muay Thai. It's like, just keep trying things because you're just like, you're still on that path and that journey of, of, of improvement and you do get the payoffs eventually. Um, yeah. And like, if you look back on your last 10, 12 weeks, since we've been talking, like you've had some really good ups and downs or some, some good ups and some, some down bits, but you know, you made the comment a while ago that you're glad that you had the program to keep you busy, particularly over lockdown. You know, it was a bit of an anchor point there, regardless if you had some down days, at least the contact and the support was still there. So, you know, it sounds like you benefited from it through, through that lockdown period. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think if I compare the two lockdowns, um, I, the whole year's been a, been a struggle, and I think most people relate to that in some way, mm. shape, or form. But here in Melbourne, with the lockdown in the sense where you were housebound, apart from you know, your, your hour of release or, or going out for essential activities. The first lockdown, so before that, I was playing a bit of sport and that was kind of my release. And we spoke about having like a single point of failure earlier. That was immediately taken away. So all of my releases mm. were like, oh, shit, what do, I, what do I do now? So then all of the habits I did started to become more, I guess the right word, sedentary in the sense that I would, I would just sit there. I wouldn't use my body. Might have been using my mind a little bit, but no kind of release form. Mm. So I would go from my computer at work go in and watch tv or go on my other laptop and watch youtube or something mm. um, and just got bad habits in that sense in the sense that i would start the next day tighter than i started the day before and continue to, to slide and then in the yeah. second lockdown where i started the program with you i had something that was different to what my day-to-day -day was mm. that gave me some kind of release and yeah it was tough at times and i didn't always enjoy it but my body or my mind always got something out of it. Um, and I think I was able to, I was far more, what's the right word? Um, more resilience in mm. the second lockdown or being able to kind of deal with the pressures of it a little more. It was mm. still tough, but um, just by having those moments where it was like, no, this time's for me to either unwind or release or um, work out 
to just kind of break the mindset, put myself in a better headspace for the next day was huge, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Well, it's, um, I think it's going to be a never ending battle though, in terms of, you know, with, with everyone in life, right. Is the, the dealing with discipline and, and self-discipline and wanting to improve. But I mean, I think that's, that's like, it's part of the journey is, you know, it's not like the struggle goes away. It's just, you kind of, you kind of build up your toolbox. And I think like, for me personally, like I said, having that support of my partner at the time, like, you know, when I was trying to deal with my inner dialogue, like asking for help and having a support around you and a team, you know, if it's your partner or your loved ones or your mates, like that's, that's also, that's probably, you know, that's fundamental, right? Yeah. You know, regardless of what you're going through. So thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for jumping on today, man. Um, yeah, it's been you, good. Hopefully, um, um, Hopefully there's some young kids listening to it that start this stuff now and don't wait till they're in their early 30s like you and I to start yeah. <laughs> talking about it and, and leaning on each other. Like it's something that we should all be doing from a young age, I think. Yeah, would you say that's that's pretty pivotal? It was just, you know, more men talking about some of the stuff that they're going through at a younger age or asking older men, you know, that for, for assistance or what did you do? What what could I help you with? You know? I think so. Like if you think about both you and I have spoken about dealing with some pretty um, some pretty big stuff when we were both young. And you and I were both doing it like a hundred meters away from each other mm. for all of high school. Yeah. And no idea that both of us are struggling. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been the only ones either, right? Oh no way. Um, and how much easier it would have been if we did it together and learn from each other's experiences you know yeah 100%. wow guys what an awesome episode that was thanks to matt for uh sharing his story hope you guys loved it now remember you can reach out to me at optimized man you can check out my website which is optimizedself.com.au and if you want to get in touch with matt his instagram handle remember is art underscore by underscore pigasso now guys, hope everyone's doing well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Look after yourselves. Peace.